All right. Well, why don't you all have a seat? It's good to see you. Good to see you all. And uh, I'm Lee. Uh, in case you haven't met, if you're joining us for the first time online, welcome our online peeps. Welcome. Uh, say hi to me online. Say something, right? Give me a little. <laughs> uh, I'm, the, I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy New Church. Hey, let's go ahead and put our vision statement up. <laughs> say it together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. So that's what we're all about as a church. We are loving Jesus. We're loving each other. We're growing in Christ. I hope you are growing. I hope you're a growing believer that growth is part, like, like, you know how, like, none of you would ever, well, I hope none of you would ever think about leaving the house without brushing your teeth. I hope that you feel at least that passionate about being in God's word and being in prayer, that you, that growth is a part of, of your life, your routine, your whatever, okay? And we're growing, and we're going, we're serving, and uh, we're serving our community, we're serving each other. So I love about our church. We have a and we have an, uh, an unusually high volunteer rate at our church. We actually, uh, I, I think in most churches it's safe to say it's around 20%, because just because of the 20-80 principle. And somehow or another, we kind of have that flipped on its head here at Mercy. It's about 80, 80% are serving here, I think. And, to, and so I love it. I love that about our church. And so uh, what we're doing, we're continuing our series this morning, our reboot series. And hopefully... Uh, this series is so important. Hopefully, if you missed it last week, you went and listened to it or watched it, because um, this this is a progression that we're walking through uh, through this series, and it's a foundation. We're building a foundation, and so we're continuing our four part series. We're talking about setting the foundation for basically life abundantly, and so it's funny because um, okay. Quick, like, gut check, honesty, let's just be really vulnerable right now. How many of you have ever felt disappointed because you're not living the life that you thought Jesus meant when he said life abundantly? Okay, I'll be honest. I'll say that. You know, all right? And I think it's interesting that when you read the Old Testament and God makes promises, he doesn't just give it to them. Right? When God promised the Israelites the promised land, he said, all right, now go fight for it. Go to work, right? And so it was in partnership. And a lot of time we hear these words, uh, life abundantly, and we just go, okay, where is it? I'm so disappointed. I'm not living that life abundantly. But God doesn't change, okay? He still promises things and then goes, now go to work. I'll go to work. And I believe this is one of these things. This is one of those things when Jesus said, I've come to give you life, and that abundantly, that it was not meant for us to just kind of sit and hold out our hands and wait for it to come. All right? And so what we're talking about over these four weeks is setting that foundation so that we can live what Christ promised, that life abundantly. And so uh, last week, what we talked about is we talked about establishing, and, we, and I gave you all homework. I'm so glad that some of you guys were doing that. I'm so glad to see a couple people putting their vision statement on our Facebook group. I love it. But I gave you all a little bit of homework to kind of sit down, and we provided some materials for you. We posted some things. Um, 
uh, on, on you know, values, discovering your core values, and it starts with that. So we talked about establishing a vision for our life that it begins with the end in mind. What do we want to be said at our funerals? If you could eavesdrop on your funeral, if you could even say a few things about yourself at your funeral, what would you want to be said? And so we talked about the end in mind. And uh, that our vision statement is built on our core values, right? And that it's something that we should kind of take some time, patiently establish, sit down with a notebook or a pen, or some of you guys like note-taking apps or whatever. When I'm doing deep work, deep thinking like this, I like to sit down with an old school, like Mead spiral notebook that we had back in high school and a clicker pen, and I like to just sit and pray and have the Word of God open, maybe have some questions to answer myself. And, uh, and we're talking about establishing that vision. And so it all starts with that, because our vision, our purpose, our mission, and our goals are like those nesting bowls, right? And that vision is the biggest nesting bowl. And then the purpose sits inside of that, and the mission, and the goals. And so, um, so this is the important bowl. So hopefully you all are working on it, you're taking the time, you're, you're praying over it, you're d discerning your values. If you need help, ask somebody, right? I know Wendy, she, she was like, I'm not quite sure what my core values are. And so I was able to ask her some questions. Well, when did you feel most fulfilled? What activities have you done in the last few years where you felt the most fulfilled? And of course she goes, well, camp. I said, okay, well, tell me, when you were doing camp and you were feeling really fulfilled, what values were present there? Oh, okay, all right. So I know uh, people on the worship team, you know, they go, well, I feel so fulfilled. I feel so alive when I'm playing in worship. Okay, well, what values are present there? And so think about that. And uh, so it, go back and watch it. Go back and listen to it and start, and start there, all right? So today what I want to do is I want to talk about the next most important thing about laying the groundwork for experiencing that life abundantly, it's that adventure-filled, that joyful life, that uh, intentional life that God intends for us. And I want to talk about purpose, okay? And so a lot of times we talk about purpose, and we misunderstand, or in this context, I don't want to think of purpose as in the traditional sense. Because a lot of times when we think of purpose, what do we think? Like a tool has a purpose, right? So a hammer's purpose is to... Pounding nails, right? Uh, a car's purpose is to get you from uh, point A to point B, right? A smartphone's purpose is to annoy you all the live long day. And so, like, you know, and so we think of purpose in terms of what is the usefulness of, of a tool, but that's not how I want you to define purpose in this context. Uh, purpose is, in this context, who we need to be in order to fulfill the vision. It's who we need to be in order to fulfill the vision, right? Because your vision can be, you know, anything you want, right? It can be grand. Don't make your vision, don't shrink your vision down to who you are right now, you know? Expand your vision. Think big with your vision. So your purpose is who you need to be in order to fulfill the vision. In other words, in order to get these results, what is the result of my life, vision, I need to be this kind of person, purpose. Okay? Think about it in that way. I need to be this kind of person, purpose. So I remember, you know, way back, so we'll go back to my early 20s, which seems to get further and further away. And so way back in my early 20s, uh, late teens, early 20s, 
and I would pray a lot. God, what am I supposed to do with my life? What should I do? What should I do? And, and you know, sometimes we even think that, you know, in your 30s and 40s, but just praying, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? Show me, show me. And I prayed that in earnest. And for a long time, didn't hear anything. But you know what I did here? I had some leaders in my church take me aside and confront me on the way I treated other people. Hmm. God, show me what to do. Show me what to do. I have a parent call me and point out some unpleasant things in me. Hmm. Okay, God, show me what to do. Show me what to do. And all of a sudden, all these areas start getting poked and prodded on. I wanted to know what to do, but God was using the people around me to show me who I needed to be. Think about that for a second, right? <coughs> Excuse me. That's a frustrating place. But my purpose was to grow to be more like Jesus. Or if I didn't, I would never experience the vision that God was helping me develop. Think about that for a second. God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? He starts to shape you and starts to point out those things in you. You get all annoyed because people you don't really like are telling you things about yourself that aren't good, right? And so... Uh, God has a way of doing that. God has, I, I think God, God just laughs. Okay, you want to know what to do? Let's talk about who you need to be first. Okay? And this is so important. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've had this like compelling vision in front of you, but you were super frustrated because you never seemed to be moving toward it. All right? You've had, oh, I know, I know, I've got the vision. I know, I know, I know, I know. But you're making like no progress. You're super frustrated. It's not happening. Chances are there is some or a lot of growth and becoming that needs to take place in you first. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And yes, there will be homework. <laughs> just like last week. This is all a part, all of this is, you know, if you just spend some time with this process, it will change your life, okay? Spend some time with this process. I know I'm kind of walking you through this process, and I'm sounding a lot like a life coach over these four weeks, but that's okay. Right? Because Jesus, when you look at him and you watch his ministry, he was the ultimate life coach. <laughs> he was awesome. So uh, we're going to pray real quick. God, we love you so much. We praise you. We praise you for your word. We praise you for loving us more, God, than we could even love ourselves or our mother could love us or anything like that. God, you just love us so much. And Lord, uh, you are a good father, and we pray that you would open up your word and make it come alive in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to walk over here for a second and get a drink of water. Hope you're all all right with that. See if I have any water left in here. All right. Wendy loves it when I drink water and then go to kiss her because my mustache is like a sponge and it just releases it all over her face. <sighs> It's so funny. I'll give her a kiss. I pull away. Her upper lip is just soaked. Um, so let's, let's start. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. This is Paul the Apostle talking to the church in Ephesus, and he says, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Everybody say, mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. 
We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they will sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He takes the whole body, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. All right, so if you remember one thing this morning, remember this. Godly purpose begins with the vision of who you need to be. That is your purpose, right? Godly purpose is, is it begins with a vision of who you need to be. Who do I need to be to fulfill this vision? In this passage, Paul paints the picture of the kind of people God wants us to be, right? People who are unified, we read out of the scripture. People who are unified, people who are mature in the Lord. People grounded in the truth. People who are loving each other, right? And he says, when the church is like that, we're healthy. We're healthy. When the church is loving each other, when the church is united, when the church is, you know, grounded in truth and loving each other, that, may, that makes for a healthy church. And when we're healthy, we naturally move towards fulfilling the vision. When you are a healthy person, a lot of times that big vision, that's, gonna ha- that's just going to happen right? Because you're healthy, and you're moving towards that. You're becoming, and when we become, and we'll get into mission next week. I'm very excited about it. But when we're healthy, we naturally move towards the fulfillment of the vision. So I, I, how do we kind of break, I want to, this morning, I just want to break down, you know, uh, steps so that we can wrap our brain around this, right? And so I got three questions for you. Three questions. Three questions. <laughs> Sorry, those of you who, uh, who are... <laughs> who are fans of Monty Python. <laughs> uh, how can we break this down? So the first question is this. What kind of character do I need to fulfill the vision? What kind of character? And so those of you who wrote out your vision, you can look at that vision then. That's, a, that's what you do. It's there in front of you. You can look at it and go, what character do I need to fulfill that vision? In Galatians chapter 5, Paul lists the character qualities of a person whose life is led by the Holy Spirit, Right? And it says, that person, the person whose life is led by the Holy Spirit, he says, that that person walks in sexual purity. That person isn't argumentative. That person isn't quick-tempered. That person doesn't get drunk. That person isn't full of selfish ambition. That's what Paul says in Galatians, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, in Galatians 5. And then it says in verses 22 and 23, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in us. In our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So it, basically Paul is saying when the Holy Spirit uh, you know, controls your life, it changes your character. Your character oh, is going to change under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And it's been said that character is the real foundation of all worthwhile success. Think about that for a minute. Character is the real foundation of all worthwhile success. You want to succeed in something? Check your character. Succeed in something worthwhile, that is. You can always succeed in screwing up, all right? But if you want to succeed in something worthwhile, you want to succeed in leading your family, right, to a better place, leading your family to a place of where their lives are, 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 uh, are wrapped around Christ, wrapped around Jesus, you, your, your character is going to have to change, right? 
you want to succeed in, in integrity, even, even financially. They say, well, a lot of these people financially are crooks. And that may be true about some people, but that's not the majority of people. In fact, a lot of the people that I know who are really wealthy have impeccable characters. They have amazing character. Think about that for a second. They're super generous. They're honest, all those things. So success is preceded by the development of character. Character is the foundation of all worthwhile success. So make a list of the character traits that you need to develop uh, to, in order to fulfill your vision. That's a little piece of homework right there. You might want to write that down. List the character traits. If I'm going to fulfill the vision that God has for my life, what character traits do I need? Do I need to be more patient? Do I need to be less distracted? More focused? Do I need to be more generous? Do I need to walk in a greater level of purity? What is the character traits, what are the character traits that you need to develop in order to fulfill the vision? That's super important. Okay? So that's the first thing. What kind of character do I need to fulfill the vision? The second one is this. What skills? This is super practical right here. What skills do I need to fulfill the vision? Okay? A lot of us have a vision, but we don't have the skills needed. I, I meet, like, innumerable people who want to start a business. Innumerable people who want to start a business, but won't read a book. They've got a hundred excuses not to go take that business class, right? They won't reach out and grow in that area. It's funny. Everybody wants to start a business, and everybody wants to write a book, but nobody wants to learn how to do either, right? And so, but what skills do you need to fulfill the vision? Okay, a lot of people, when they forge the vision, they write it down, they either do nothing, kind of expecting it to happen, uh, you know, just happen, or they run out like guns a-blazing, not really knowing what they're doing. Okay? A lot of people that I know who want to start businesses, they'll actually go out and the first thing that they do is get a website and get a business card. But they have no idea what they're doing. They don't need a website. They don't need a business card. They need to spend some time growing. Right? They need to spend some time learning how to run a business and then put up their website and their business card. And so I've known people who've had to turn down business because they just didn't know what they're doing. I'm sorry. I got really uh, excited and put up a website. Okay? And so what, what skills do I need to fulfill the vision? If you make learning a t uh, just a priority in your life, it's going to move you much faster towards that vision. That's why, you know, we have people who just, you know, say that their heart's just burning, they're called to it, they want to do camp, they want to do camp. Uh, and we still make them do training, right? Because if, if you don't do training, you go to camp, you're going to be toast. That's what's going to happen. It's... It's, it, it takes so much more than just, I feel called to this, or I have a heart for this, or I have a passion for this. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why, like, Moses was called to deliver the Israelites but had to spend 40 years in the desert. Okay? He had to learn some things. He had to change. He had to grow some character. He didn't just, God didn't just go, okay, I'm calling you to deliver the Israelites from Egypt. He didn't just go and run out and do it because uh, it probably would have been killed or lost, or something, it would not have gone well. And so, make uh, true learning a, a priority in your life. Do you need to learn about business? Do you need to learn about ministry? Do you need to learn some technical skills? You're just going to have to learn. It doesn't it sound boring, though. Sometimes I think about learning, and I feel like, like the kid with his mom in the bank. I don't want to do this. 
let's make me floppy, <laughs> right? That's what Wendy says, I'm floppy. This makes me floppy, you know? But uh, so you just have to go through those things. Do you need to learn technical skills? Pick up a book, take a class. Because here's the thing, you can learn as you go, but you still gotta learn, right? And uh, one of the interesting things, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, in a couple, uh, in a couple weeks, but they say that for every 10 minutes, or no, for every minute of preparation and learning and those things, it actually saves you 10 minutes of executing what you want to do. Think about that for a second. Imagine if your life was on the line. Imagine if Ryan came to your house as a paramedic because you were having chest pains. Would you want him to know it all then, or would you want him to have the book out? Hold on, purple face, purple face, purple face, purple face. Stay with me. You know, we, you gotta learn. You gotta learn, all right? Pick up a book, take a class. Uh, because it will actually save you time. It may, you know, it's funny because I have, a, I have a software business and I have a new subscriber who, uh, who doesn't want to read the help files. It, dri it drives me crazy because she, if she took five minutes out to read a help file, she'd just move on forward, she'd have this thing going, she'd be singing along. But instead, what she does is she wants to dive in without learning first. And then she gets super frustrated, and she calls me and, and asks me to do a walkthrough with her on the phone, and I'm like, just read the file. This little video shows you step by step how to do it. Learn, okay? So, so we just need to learn. What skills do I need to learn to fulfill the vision? And then the last thing is this. What kind of relationships do I need to fulfill the vision? This may sound funny, but it's important if you're going to fulfill the, God, the vision that God has for your life, it's important that your relationships are healthy. And the way that you relate to other people is going to affect that. It's going to affect that. All right? Is there unity in my relationships or is there strife? Is there unity in my relationships, or is there strife? Have you ever noticed that people who are always frustrated in their relationships are also frustrated in life? They get frustrated with other things as well, all right? Is there unity in my relationships, or is there strife? Do I always seem to be angry at someone? Do I always seem to be angry at someone? They got really quiet. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Do I speak with love to and about others? Do I speak about other people with love and do I speak to other people with love? Your relationships have a, a, a huge impact on fulfilling the vision for your life and fulfilling your purpose, okay? And so uh, do I speak to, and here's the thing, you know what? A lot of people try to find these scriptural exceptions like, uh, like they go, oh, you know, the Bible says to speak the truth in love. You know, ever hear people say that one? The Bible says to speak the truth in love. And they use that as a license to be, to like abrasively confront someone. Look, the Bible says to speak the truth in love, so I need to talk to you about your breath. You know, and they use this, this, this verse as an excuse to abrasively confront somebody. Listen, learn to speak in love first. Okay, focus on that part, speaking in love. Okay, learn to speak in love first. If you can't do that, then you don't have a place to confront. 
Learn to do it in love. Speak the truth in love. All right? So I just need to kind of, that was free. I'm sorry. Get, I'll get off my soapbox on that. But we just need to be loving people. Loving people. Oh, my God. If the church could just, people can just be professional lovers. Just be good at loving people. Maybe then you won't, uh, you know, have people, uh, you know, looking at you like you're a political party instead of like a believer in Jesus Christ. Okay? And so it's so important that we learn to speak the truth in love. All right. Off the, off the soapbox again. So, in addition to, uh, uh, you know, who we are in our relationships, it really matters who they are as well, okay? If you're going to fulfill your purpose. Now, before any of you just go on and, and judge me for saying that, uh, you know, like, oh, you're telling me to shun all my unbelieving friends? No. But what I am telling you is it matters who you surround yourself with. It makes a huge difference, Okay? If your friends are people of weak character, they aren't committed to learning, they don't inspire to be more like Jesus, then you have very little chance of becoming the person you need to be to fulfill godly vision for your life. Okay? I'm, again, I'm not telling you, shun the unbeliever, shun people. I'm not, I'm not saying that, shun, all right? <laughs> That's right, thank you. What's the name of the unicorn? Who said that? Some sort of unicorn. Yes, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> right? I'm not saying that. But the, the people that you spend the most amount of time with, you should try to make them people who inspire you to be a better person. Right? Inspire you to be a better person. You know, if you want to fly like the eagles, don't hang out with a bunch of turkeys, right? And so the person, all right? Because here's the thing, it's true. You are the average of the people you spend the most time with. You are. You are the average of the people you spend. <laughs> somebody, did I just hear somebody whisper, scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Uh, you know, you are the average of the people you spend the most time with. So surround yourself with people who will help you fulfill the purpose, the godly purpose of becoming more like Christ. Becoming more like Christ. That's so and so and so. Listen, I, I have friends that are weak in the faith. I have friends that are not in the faith. I have friends that do things that I would never do, right? But the people I spend the most time with are people that inspire me. The people that I spend the most time with are people, you know what they do? They kind of like inspire guts in me to do something greater. I love being around those people. I love being around people who are always reading a book and learning and like talking about what they're learning. And I love being around people who are just doing and saying like faith talk. Like, like you know, and they make me want to love Jesus more. They make me want to dream bigger. And they make me want to grow. Those are the kind of people I like to be around. Because if I don't spend time around with them, I know that I'll, I'll kind of, I'll stagnate. Right? I'll just stagnate. I'll either stay the same or I'll start to wither. And I don't want that. I want to continue to grow. And that's why, like, I love when, you know, when the church wants to get together uh, and, and they want to, like, hang out and it's not a church event because it means they chose to be with other people in their church family to kind of hang out and do whatever. And, like, the church didn't have to organize it and put on an event. 
I love that because I'm going, those people want to hang out with other people of faith and they're encouraging each other and they're praying for each other. And so I hope that the people that are closest to you, the people that are nearest to you, that your, most, that your, your closest relationships are people that you, can pray, that you can pray together, people that will pray for you and then you can pray for them and that you'll encourage each other. Your relationships matter when it comes to fulfilling the vision. All right? And so what I want to do today, uh, I want to close with two questions. Two questions, <laughs> right? The first question is, and this is just going to take some honesty, because it's just a simple yes or no question. Am I who I need to be to fulfill my life's vision? Am I who I need to be? I think probably all, all of us could go, not yet, <laughs> right? But am I who I need to be? And the reason why I ask you that, because when you can honestly say, no, then that's the beginning. Then that's the beginning. Because you can be honest with yourself and go, no, I'm not who I need to be. And you can begin to work on it, right? Am I who I need to be to fulfill my life's vision? The second is this. What areas do I need to grow in to become the right person? What areas do I need to grow in? What character traits? What relationship qualities? What skills? Okay? And I want you to just start to write those down. Start to write those down. What areas do I need to grow in to become the right person? And so hopefully y'all are doing that homework. That's your homework, right? To write down the areas, the character areas, the skill areas, the relationship areas that you need to grow in to become the person, to fulfill the vision, to live that life abundantly, that, that calling that, that, that God has for you. All right? Sound good? Can I pray for y'all? All right, let's have the worship team come back. Let me pray for you. God, we praise you. We love you. You are good. You are awesome. And Lord, I thank you that the vision that you give us, Lord, that vision for our lives, that vision for life abundantly, for having the, for the result of our lives, God, to bring glory and honor to you. God, that vision for that, Lord, isn't simply just given to us without changing us. God, I pray that you would help us to be real honest with ourselves and honest with you and honest with others in this area, Lord, and willing to grow, willing to become. Continue to challenge us. God, I pray that uh, every person in this room who has said, no, I'll probably never write that down, will go and write that down. We'll be willing to do the work and self-examination and just sitting before you and sitting in your presence, allowing you to speak to us. God, help us to be humbly, to walk humbly before you. God, that we be humble and shapeable and moldable, God. God, it's all for you. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name.